Welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. I am your host, Mia Moran. Moms have the power to change the future, but not if we're stressed out and exhausted. Looking at food, lifestyle, spirituality, and work, the Plan Simple Podcast is for busy moms who want to create a healthier and happier future. Listen in for inspirational conversations and valuable strategies to plan for your best life. Hey, welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. I am so excited to have my friend Tess Masters on the show today. She's actually coming back for the second time. Tess is a rather iconic person in the healthy eating space, and I cannot wait for you to hear from her. And before we do that, I actually have a story to tell you about her, and I want to explain the next couple of episodes and what you have to look forward to coming up this fall. So as you know, I'm pretty passionate about a 90-day plan. I run a program about keeping you accountable through your 90-day plan, and I have a 90-day planner. And by the way, the next version is coming out really soon. It's so exciting. And... I do believe that we can do in 90 days what we might have thought would take us a year. And that is really good news right now because guess what? There are more than 90 days left of 2020, which is so fun. So what I wanted to do is we just did the planathon where a bunch of you created a 90-day plan for yourselves and I just was paying attention to the goals that were coming up most frequently, and I wanted to make sure that we spoke to some of those on the podcast. So one of them had to do with getting healthy, and specifically, a lot of people had a weight loss goal during the planathon. So t- there is no better person to learn from from Tess. The talk that we're having today is actually going to be more about getting healthy, but one of the side effects of eating the way that Tess teaches is definitely weight loss. And the story I want to tell you has to do with tests and weight loss. So I'm going to tell you that in one sec, but that's the goal that this is responding to. And we're going to specifically look at what it might look like to change your food over the course of 90 days. So that if that was something that you wanted to do in the rest of 2020, which I highly recommend by the way, because we are in the midst of this crazy time in our history and this pandemic. And one of the real things that we have control over right now is our health. If we let it be that way. If we really pay attention to what we're putting in our bodies and we stay hydrated and we get sleep and Tess is going to touch on all of this in this episode. So I don't want to go too much into it, but health is something that we could control. So let me tell you the story. So Tess is somebody who came into my life actually without her even knowing about 11 years ago. That sounds about right time-wise. It was in the midst of my big weight loss moment. So if you got all are new here, if anyone's new here, um, you may not know, but the beginning of Plan Simple started when I really got into clean eating because I was trying to lose 85 pounds, which happened and had all these other benefits besides the weight. Literally the weight didn't even matter by the end of it. I got so healthy. And that was about 11 years ago that turned into a book and um, to this business and to the planner. And I'm so grateful for that time. And in that time, I also had to learn how to cook because I didn't know how to do that much less healthily. I didn't even know how to do it unhealthily. And so I did a whole series of things, including cooking classes and other things. And I started going and looking for healthy cookbooks. And one of the ones that I got first and really caught my eye on the bookshelf was Tess's book, The Blender Girl. And I just fell in love with all the recipes, all the food fit within the protocol that I was trying to stick to at the time. And I loved my Vitamix and it was all in the blender and she had these sauces and she would make these bowls and the pictures were beautiful. And I just fell in love with her book. It still has post-its, I think, from 11 years ago in it to this day because I have my favorite recipes that I'm always flipping to. So fast forward to, I think it was three or four years ago, I found myself sitting at a small table in a mastermind next to Tess as we were both building our digital part of our businesses. And actually what I built sitting by her side was Flow 365. Um, If you haven't heard me yelling from the rooftops about that lately, um, doors are open right now. So do go check that out, plansimple.com slash Flow 365. The doors are actually only open for a couple more days right now. They will reopen again for 2021. But if you want some accountability this fall, I'm just saying it's a good place to be. 
So Tess and I ended up at this table and she was developing her digital program. She became sort of this she, she's sort of the spokesperson for a lot of the blenders that we use. She has a huge following and she teaches all over the place. She speaks at, you know, corporations like Google and all sorts of places. She's always in the media and she just needed, wanted to take the time to create a program specifically for her people. So she was doing this and I was creating Flow 365 and what she created, you all, is unbelievable. And so that is what I want to tell you a little bit about before I get her on, because she sort of talks about it on this interview, um, but she's just such a wonderfully like giving and modest person that I just need you to know all about it because we did this interview actually before I had this experience. So I needed to tell you about this. So when the pandemic hit, I did what everybody else did. You know, it was cold outside. We were lighting fires. I actually found it kind of fun to be home with my family for, for that beginning part in the winter and just hunker down. And, you know, we made soups and I'm a pretty clean eater, but, you know, probably there was more popcorn and maple syrup and in sweet treats and whatnot. I mean, I stayed gluten-free and dairy-free, but I definitely must have indulged. And what I started noticing is... I just started noticing not feeling very well and not wanting to have that feeling, seeing as we were in the midst of a pandemic. And I had also noticed this for a couple months. I feel like the pandemic just really helped me notice even more. A couple months, I should say a couple of years. So I turned 45 this year, and I really feel like since you know my early 40s, maybe 41, 42, I noticed that my body was really changing even though I was doing all the same things that I had just stayed doing after I released those 85 pounds 11 years ago. Yet weight would just come on, you know, four pounds this six months, four pounds this six months. And I realized at the beginning of the pandemic that, you know, I was really 30 pounds more than I wanted to be. Um, and that was hard because I lead with the story of losing 85 pounds quite often. And I blamed it a lot on hormones, on being 45, on maybe this is just happens with age. Um, you know, I'm doing so well. I had all sorts of excuses. And at some point um, at the beginning of the pandemic, I just decided like, I need to take care of this because I need to stay healthy if I'm going to be running this business and homeschooling my kids and doing all the things that I need to do right now. I literally can't get sick. And so I started to really look at my mindset around food. I actually started with my brain because I couldn't even figure out what I should change about my actual food. Um, and that was super helpful. And I actually just did a workshop about that piece a few weeks, last week maybe, for um, a small group of people who chose to do that after the planathon. It was so fun. So I will be talking more about that soon. And it was great. And I, I did release a couple pounds in those first few months. And then Tess and I had this conversation that you're going to hear today. And I realized that maybe there was actually some information that I didn't know. Maybe more had come out, more had been discussed, more had been discovered in the past 11 years since I had decided the way I was going to eat. And maybe there was things that I actually needed to respond to, given the fact that I'm in my mid-40s. And Tess was about to launch a round of her program that we had created around that table. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so in. I need to I need to learn my next level. And Tess just kept saying, like, I just want to warn you, it's a lot of work. And I was like, do you tell everybody this? <laughs> and I was like, I'm up for it. I don't even care. And so I jumped in to her program called Skinny 60. So it's 60 days of she gives you meal plans and all the recipes and shopping lists and like more data and science of why everything is the way it is that you could possibly believe. She talks about the order you eat food in, how to prepare it so it's easily digestible. She gives you suggestions for supplements. She has you really track things, which she'll talk about a bit in this episode. And you all, first of all, I released 20 pounds as of today, and I still have a couple more to go, but I feel so good. I feel so much energy. I 
have been told this like by my family, like you look different, you look a little clearer and I just feel so much better. And I'm so grateful to Tess and the thoroughness and the kindness of this program. And so I told her that I just want as many people to do this as possible. I used to teach detoxes. I definitely talk people through the mindset around changing their food, whether that's because they want to change how they show up in the kitchen or change how they're eating dinner or do something like release weight. But I'm not really into the food side, definitely not at the level of tests, getting all these things approved by doctors and nutritionists. And so I want nothing more than to partner with her to give this to as many people in my community as possible. So if you are thinking about releasing weight and you want that to be part of your 90 goal, keep listening to this episode. Keep listening to this episode, whether weight is your issue or not, because this episode is really about getting healthy. But if you're wanting to release weight, then after you listen to this, go check out plansimple.com slash skinny60, and you will get to Tess's site. That's just my link. And if you use my link, then I will know that you use my link. I get a small commission and I also, with that commission, I'm going to use that to create a group of people who sign up through that link so that as you're going through Tess's program, which is like so supportive, so filled with support around the food and around the science behind the food, you really learn why all the choices that she made, why she made them. You learn that from the nutritionist who is part of the program as well. It's amazing. And... While you're doing that, I will also support you on planning for it and making it work within your current situation and really the mindset piece of sticking with it. So I'm all in with you and I'm actually doing it again. So I will be literally doing it with anyone who signs up this time. I will continually offer this program as Tess releases it. But a few things to note, I might not necessarily always be so in it doing it as I definitely will be this time. And also she has created a special pandemic pricing. So it's actually half the price right now than it ever was or will be again. Um, So it's a really good time to get in on it. She does offer it a couple times a year. So if you feel like right now is not your moment, I will definitely be talking about it again. But I really do believe that now is such a good opportunity to do this work because number one, it's half the price. Number two, why not end 2020 on a really high note and stay really healthy during this unusual time where we really want you to stay healthy. Um, And this will help you to achieve that. We had people in, so this go around um, in Flow 365, when I said I was doing it, five women raised their hand to do it as well. It was super fun to have camaraderie in Flow 365 doing it. And we had um, women who released, I think someone released 40 something pounds um, doing this program. And then we had someone who did it with her spouse and she was really doing it not to lose weight, but to really um, get healthier and not have as bad allergies and to do it with her spouse. And so we all, everybody had a it ran a gamut of why people chose to do this. And then many of us were kind of in the middle of how I was. Of I, I released 20 pounds, which I'm super grateful for. And Tess says that most people release from 10 to 30 pounds. That's sort of the average. So I feel like I'm literally right in the middle at the average. Um, and if you don't need to release the weight, then you won't. So sometimes if the weight isn't why you're doing this, then what happens is you release a little bit of weight um, and then your body equalizes to how it really needs to be um, just to be healthy. It's really about cleaning out your gut. It's about cleaning out your gut so that you can be the healthiest version of yourself. And I cannot speak highly enough about Tess or this program. It is unbelievably amazing. And if you happen to sign up for the program and for Flow 365, I feel like you basically are buying yourself insurance um, that you will show up, you will fully do the work. And I cannot highly recommend that combo enough um, if you're really serious about hitting this goal. All right. 
I think that's what I got to say. That is definitely my soapbox for today. Again, go to plansimple.com slash flow365 and check out what Tess has to offer. Um, definitely keep listening because you'll fall in love with Tess as we talk. Um, and also you might hear what she has to say and feel like you can go off and do it yourself. The program is very detailed, so I don't know that I would have been able to go off, but she gives a lot of tips and they're in the show notes. Definitely go check out the show notes to this episode. There will be a download to um, her recipes. Um, there, I think she has like 20 recipes that are Skinny 60 compliant. So you can check out what those are like. They're delicious. Um, that's the other thing. I, who wrote a cookbook, learned so many great new recipes and new cooking tricks and preparing tricks. Um, let me think if I can think of a few really good ones. So she makes this bolognese sauce that my whole family just loves. So that's good when, when our whole family loves it. Um, I got really clear on different ways to add plant-based protein. By the way, Tess's recipes are all plant-based, so they work if you're a vegetarian. In this particular program, she also talks about how to add in animal protein. Um, she definitely encourages everyone to stay dairy-free. So it's a really good, um, I don't know, I to me, it's like the best mix of how one could eat, and it really does work for um, everyone. Um, I know she puts frozen zucchini into smoothies, which I know might not sound good, but it just literally makes everything so creamy and delicious. Who would know? Who would have known that, right? All right. You just got to trust me. So go check it out if that calls you. If not, let's get the amazing Test Masters on the show and hear from her um, lots of tips and tricks for getting healthier in the next 90 days. Hello, Test Masters. I'm so excited to have you here today. Hello. It is so good to talk to you. Always. Oh my gosh. It's so fun. We're both in our kitchens and I'm going like, to like looking over your shoulder seeing like, what's back in Tess? Because Tess's kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So we're here to talk about clean eating and we're going to get into some of the nitty gritties of what that means to you. Um, I love your sensibility about this because I feel like you know all the like, I feel like you know all the details, but you also have such an open heart about like not being perfect. So I just think you're the perfect person to teach us about this today. Thank so, you. That's nice. I think perfection <laughs> just puts way too much pressure on everybody. I know. I know. No, it's, it's hard, but let's talk a little bit. And I mean, people here may or may not actually have heard my story, but let's talk a little bit what's on the other side of clean eating, because I have found that one of the biggest obstacles for people seems to be that it's, it's like, it's so good on the other side, but it's a little bit of work to get there. <laughs> and so you kind of need to understand, I think, like what some of the benefits are before you even start the journey. So will you explain a little bit of what you've seen or what you've experienced in that? Yeah. I mean, for the most part, it's the same things over and over and over, which is wonderful because, um, for example, when I lead my live programs and everyone's on video calls and they can see other members of the community and people that are maybe a few weeks ahead of them, a few months, a few years, you know, and they've done multiple cycles of the 14 day cleanse program or the 60 day weight loss program, all these things that I've got. Um, it really gives people motivation to know, oh, this is what I'm going to feel like. So typically what happens is people lose weight, <laughs> which is great if you want to lose weight. But more importantly, um, they start to sleep better. So you get better quality of sleep is hands down uh, the number one thing that people report. And in conjunction, because they're completely interconnected, is better energy. So people just say, I have so much more energy than I've ever had. I wake up refreshed ready to tackle the day. Um, I cannot believe I've got so much energy. So I used to feel exhausted after I ate. I used to feel exhausted at the end of the day. I didn't have time or energy for my kids or my husband or my wife or whatever. And then all of a sudden I'm, I'm raring to go. So in conjunction with that, what also tends to happen when you have better quality sleep and rest and better quality energy, um, and you, because really that's a byproduct of having more regulated blood sugar levels, you know, how we generate energy in our bodies and utilize it and store it. So what, what tends to happen is people then have better digestion. So when you've got better digestion, you in turn tend to have better gut health, which in turn leads you to have more stabilized moods. 
So um, those are those are the main things that people reported. If I had to generally sort of um, give you an evaluation of tens of thousands of people, you know, that those are the very, very common things. Then the other thing is um, that people just feel more confident. They have glowing skin. Their hair is more lustrous. They feel really, really great in their bodies. And so I think confidence is a really big thing because I feel like besides our mindset and what we choose to believe and the stories we choose to tell ourselves and the mindset we choose to embrace in life, um, what we choose to put into our bodies and onto our bodies, skincare, all that sort of stuff, but what we eat is one of the greatest acts of self-love besides being positive, generous, nurturing, celebratory of others, et cetera. Um, so I think when people really embrace that and they, they choose to go, I'm going to give this gift to myself. I'm going to choose every day to nourish my body um, so that I can be the best version of myself that I can be. In turn, you start to feel like the best version of yourself. And then it has this flow on effect with everything in your life. You feel more empowered, confident, um, and then people tend to say that they feel more um, like they can achieve their goals. They feel like I can, I will is cut, like sort of becomes the, the, the mantra of the community, which is really exciting. And everybody celebrates each other um, and, and you just keep going, putting one foot in front of the other and just saying, how can I be better tomorrow? I love that. And so one of the things that we talk a lot about here, and this wasn't a question I was expecting to ask you, except that you just said something that triggered this in my head is we talk a lot about what obstacles are and knowing them in advance so we can sort of move around them. And I think with, with food, a big obstacle is that you just said that when we clean stuff up and we'll talk in a minute about what that means, but when we clean stuff, stuff up, we just feel more connected and joyous. And I think a lot of times with food, we think that when we're not having the things that we used to associate with joy, like our grandmother's brownies or birthday cake or whatever, that somehow we're going to, have less joy. So do you have any like little pearl of wisdom for that thought and helping people overcome that to move forward? Yeah. I mean, I look, honestly, I think that the, the easiest way to embrace that, um, that you can eat incredibly delicious food and love it and be satisfied by it is to try it and embrace it. And then, so for me, how I encourage people to do that and how I help them to do that is to give them an arsenal of recipes that satisfies all of the usual cravings. So um, I will offer people um, healthier versions of comfort classics, right? So it might be a healthier version of mac and cheese. It might be a really delicious veggie burger that tastes like meat. It might be a creamy, delicious soup that tastes like it's got gobs of cream and cheese in it, but it doesn't. We're achieving those flavors in other ways. I think that for me, when you, food is one of the great pleasures of life. It has to be like just in an incredible sensorial experience. Otherwise we feel deprived. So instead of looking at food from a place of depletion and, and, and focusing on what you can't have, it's about being able to exist in a space where you are celebrating um, what you can have and it's a place of abundance. So I think when you give people and there's an arsenal and a collection of recipes available to you, like desserts, chocolate pudding, cakes, protein bars, um, healthier muffins, all these different things that people think they're going to miss out on. Um, you know, uh, grain-free almond pancakes that taste like regular pancakes and all these different things that you can do. So there are a lot of tips and tricks that you can learn looking at um, different chefs, reading different cookbooks, joining different programs, etc., where you can start to really um, dabble in different ways to cook and prepare foods. And really there's an alchemy that's created when you blend. And I don't mean just necessarily in a blender, but when you mix and um, uh, cook foods together, you know, different combinations of foods. And I think that, um, you know, that's really what gets me jazzed up more than, you know, aside from really looking and, and being a part and witnessing people achieve their dreams and achieving better health or losing weight or getting better sleep or whatever it might be, fitting into that dress that's been sitting there forever or whatever the goal might be. But it's helping people to discover these combinations, the joy of these, these um, different foods being put together. And I think that's really exciting. And when someone writes to me and says, my husband would not eat a vegetable and now he is 
is just saying that the mushroom stroganoff tastes better than beef stroganoff. Or, you know, there's so many examples of this, right? But I think that that really is the key. I think when people change their eating, they have to have a collection of 20, 30, 50, maybe it's only 10 to begin with, maybe it's only five of go-to recipes that are going to satisfy them and their family, whether you have children or a partner or you're caring for a parent, um, someone with special needs, someone with a disability, someone with a chewing problem, whatever it might be, whatever your parameters might be, or someone who just doesn't want to eat vegetables. I think that having those go-to recipes is the number one thing that's going to help you get across the line. Because what happens is when you start to eat healthy food, your body responds. We want to stay in this state of better health. Your body wants to be there. So once you get a taste of it, this is very, very common in all of my programs as well, where when people start to eat healthy and they get over that typical, it's about a two-week hump is what I call it, where you might experience some detox symptoms, you might experience some cravings as your blood sugar starts to regulate, all these things that happen, but your taste buds change. You know, they say it takes 21 days to build a habit, all right? I'm going to say that it takes even longer to understand your habits and then embrace and put new practices into place that then have an opportunity to become your new healthy habits. And that's why I like this 90 day um, challenge because it really gives you the opportunity to take the first 30 days to understand and let go of the previous habits um, or practices that you didn't want to let go of or thought you couldn't let go of and then put these new things into place, assess it for 30 days and go, wow, okay, I feel different. And why do I feel different, right? So then what ends up happening is, and this happens so often, and I think this is a really good thing, people beat themselves up about falling off the wagon or eating that slice of pizza or having that bottle of wine or having that margarita or whatever it might be. But I think it's actually a really good thing because what happens is people go back to the way that they used to eat and they feel terrible their body rebels and goes, whoa, we were just starting to fire and, and cook with gas. And what have you done? You've thrown a wrench into our beautiful swimming pool. And no, we've got to go back. We've got to go back. We, we, we have to move forward in this way. And so I think that is the most powerful thing that can happen actually is to get a little bit of a taste of what things were like before and then feeling the way that how great you were feeling and so I think it's sort of a dance, you know, people often think about progress as only moving forward. I really think of it as a cha-cha. And sometimes you take 50 steps backwards in order to take a few more steps forwards, or you take a step to the side, or you take a step around in a circle, or you're upside down and you're around and around and you might be a little bit lost. And then, you know, for me, I feel like every choice is an opportunity to collect data. And it's data about yourself, how you respond to food, how you respond to stimuli, uh, what your emotional triggers are with food and health. Um, you know, our entire life experience is all interconnected. And food is one of the ways that we comfort ourselves. It's one of the ways that we celebrate ourselves. We celebrate each other. We celebrate milestones in other aspects of our life. So food is so connected to the human experience. So it absolutely needs to be a joyous thing. So I think that any way that we can support each other in doing that um, is a great thing. But before you can embrace those next levels, it is about how good the food is. So yeah, that's what I, I love that. I love that. And I feel like, cause, cause even if it just takes you like two weeks to, or three weeks or whatever, you know, and I, I fully had the story that I eat the same exact four things every day for th like two months when I first started, because I had no idea how to cook. Like I didn't even know how to do anything, but the feel good part was so addicting that eventually that's what motivated me to learn how to cook. And now, you know, I'm a great cook, but you know, it was like step by step by step. And then the other thing that's interesting about 90 days is, you know, I really had to feel good myself. Like, cause I know a lot of people here today are, are moms. Like I really needed to feel good myself. And then I needed to learn how to cook some new things and then I could pass it on. Like, and I think a lot of us start like wanting to do everything at once and it really is like progress. I agree. And I, look, I think it's a really easy sort of trap to fall into, right? Because eating is something we do every single day of our lives since we are born, right? So we think that we can just switch and become an Olympic, you know, elite healthy eater overnight. 
it's kind of like if I was to decide that I was going to become a gold medal Olympic swimmer tomorrow, I would have to go into training. Yeah. And maybe, you know what I mean? And let's assume that we all had the ability to be an Olympic swimmer, right? You have to train every single day and gather skills and gather knowledge and practice and practice and practice until you become really, really adept at something, right? So it's like learning a language is probably a better analogy, right? So I feel like people, we just don't give ourselves enough grace to go, I'm a work in progress. So you know what? Okay, so maybe let's take someone that doesn't, doesn't think they can cook, which is a lot of people, particularly if you were taught as, taught, you know, taught as a child, your mother didn't cook or your father didn't cook or your grandmother or whatever it might be. Um, cooking is reading. That's what I will say, right? Obviously, there's a little bit more to it. But in the beginning, <laughs> just get a recipe out of a cookbook or online, read the recipe, and who cares if you screw it up, right? You learn by doing. So the more that you do it and the more that you practice, the better you get and the more skills you acquire, right? So with every recipe, I learn something, you know, that then carries me forward that I put in my toolbox and my arsenal of data and knowledge to then inform better choices every day moving forward, right? So as you do, you learn and you're like, oh, okay, so that's why they add lemon juice to that. Oh, okay. So the mixture of putting a quarter of a cup of raw cashews or blanched liver almonds into a soup makes it really rich and creamy and makes it taste like it's got a cup of heavy cream in it. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm going to remember that piece of knowledge. So next time when I want to make a soup really creamy because my son loves creamy soup and he won't eat it unless it's creamy, instead of the cup of heavy cream, because I know we're kind of a bit intolerant to dairy, it makes us feel yucky. I'm going to put the nuts in and I'm not even going to tell anybody or whatever it might be. Right. Yeah. So I just think we, we collect these tips and tricks that then help us to be better tomorrow, better tomorrow, better tomorrow. I love that. So let's say we're at the beginning of this like 90 day season. And I feel like we could talk like for days about this, but we're going to talk for our, our, our half hour, but let's say we're at the beginning of our 90 day season and let's just assume because this is just what I hear the most, like for people coming into my world that everyone kind of knows what healthy is. Like we know that we're supposed to have more vegetables. I even feel like people who come into my world, like have the knowing that maybe less gluten and dairy would be a good idea. Um, and then a lot of times I find that the person who's coming, who's wanting to change their health, is leaning more towards more vegetables, but there's usually someone in the family who like is a meat eater. So where do we like just start? Do you know what I mean? Cause there's like so many things. So is yeah. it like we should take out one thing at a time? Do we dive all in? Like, how do you figure out like, okay, I'm going to do this 90 day plan. Like this is what my goal, like, I don't even like, sometimes it's even confusing. I think to think what the goal is. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I think that the goal um, in the beginning is I'm going to make better choices gradually and I'm going to see how I feel and gather data and then I'm going to decide what my next choice is. I think that for me, the easiest place to start, if I'm just going to, we accept that we're all bio-individual and everybody chooses to eat the way they choose to eat, right? So whether you are an omnivore and you eat animal products and vegetables and whatever, whether you are a vegan, whether you're vegetarian and you eat some eggs, whether you're keto and you're not eating grains or whatever it might be, there's so much conflicting information about health and nutrition. It can be very confusing about what is the right thing to do, all right? There is no... There is no perfect one way to move through the world with food because we're all bio-individual. We've got different sex, genealogy, stress levels, blood types, activity levels, climate, all this sort of stuff, right? Stress levels, etc. So I think if we're just going to go, how would I say to anybody, no matter how you're eating today, I think that the one thing that everybody agrees on is that vegetables are a boon to health and we should be eating as many non-starchy vegetables as possible. So I think the easiest place to start, rather than thinking about, what do I have to take out today? It's about just simply changing the composition of your plate or your bowl. So I really love the 80-20 rule. And by that, I mean, I think that 80% of your plate should be non-starchy vegetables and 20% of your plate should be other stuff, whether it is 
animal or plant protein. So it could be meat, fish, eggs, whatever, if that's what you choose to do. Or if you're plant-based, plant-only, I should say, because everyone should be plant-based. So I think plant-based is not a synonym for veganism or vegetarianism. It's we should be plant-based. So we should be 80% vegetables and then 20% other things. So if you're an omnivore, that means high-quality um you know, fish, meat, eggs, whatever it might be. If you're plant only, vegan, vegetarian, it would be nuts and seeds. It would be, if you're choosing to eat legumes, beans, etc. high quality sources of protein, um, then you're looking at high plant-based fats. You're looking at all these other things, vitamins, minerals, etc. all right? So I think that that's a really, really great place to start. And I think it's a really powerful place to start because just doing that one thing going, okay, with our family, maybe we were used to eating, our plate was the opposite, which tends to be very typical in society, particularly in Western society, in America, Australia, New Zealand, in parts of Europe, etc. is they've got these huge pieces of meat or this massive bowl of lentils or something, and then just a few vegetables, you know? So I would just say, just reverse that and just monitor how you feel um, and set that as your goal for two weeks. We're just going to do that for two weeks and we're going to um, drink more fluids. We're going to stay more hydrated. So I, I tell everybody, that's the first thing that I would tell everybody to do. And it's incredible what happens by just doing that. And then you continue to layer a different thing on each day. And that's why I love 90 days because you have the time to do this, right? So then I'm a very big believer in keeping a food diary um, as well as your sleep your rest because rest and sleep are not the same thing. And then your movement and exercise because movement and exercise is not the same thing, right? So what is your quality of sleep? How much are you resting, just sitting or laying down or just taking a break throughout the day? How much are you moving, just walking around, stretching, twisting, you know, if you're sitting at a desk for your work and then how much are you exercising, elevating your heart rate, you know, and those things will all inform how much energy you have. What is your quality of sleep? How much are you sleeping? Are you waking up feeling rested? And what we eat throughout the day, but particularly in the afternoon, evening really does inform our quality of rest and sleep, which in turn informs how, how energetic we feel and refreshed we feel in the morning, you know, and that informs how much we want to exercise, how much we want to make better choices today, you know, so it's all interconnected. But I do think once you keep a food diary, okay, not necessarily everything I ate, the calories, I'm not a big calorie counter. I'm more about the integrity of the ingredients, but a very clear pattern starts to develop very quickly. And that's when you can get anecdotal. And I say that deliberately because it's not a replacement from, uh, for a diagnosis from your medical practitioner or doctor. Uh, and self-diagnosis can be a very dangerous thing. But I do think gathering anecdotal evidence or data that you can take to your medical practitioner to go, hey, I've noticed that every time I eat gluten, I feel really bloated and tired and gassy and a little bit depressed, which can happen, right? A little bit blue or down, for example, right? That's not everybody. That's a generalization. You might go, well, okay, then maybe there's something to us. Let's get you tested, you know? So I think that when I say gathering data, I think it's a really powerful thing that you go, I've just noticed over the last month, over the last 30 days that when I didn't do this, this happened. Or when I did do this, this happened, you know? And then you go to your doctor or medical practitioner and you get further tests and then you know, and then you've got another layer of data to inform better choices moving forward. And I like the word better rather than perfect. I like the word better because it just gives you a bit of latitude, a bit of breathing space, a bit of grace, you know, a bit of forgiveness for yourself that I'm going to be better but I don't have to be perfect. We're never perfect, right? We're never going to be every single thing that we want to be to every single person in our lives every day. It's about just being gentle and going, how can I be better today? And if it's just one little thing, I think that's a win. And we should celebrate every win along the way, you know? And even if the win is a so-called perceived failure or a so-called perceived step backwards or whatever it might be, you know? So um, I think the 80-20 rule is a really good place to start. Okay, so 80-20, and then we're, we're documenting what we're eating, which I, I love, and I, I think that's always really important. I think that so much swirls around in our head, that, and I think this, can, you know, this is why we're doing this here today, <laughs> because we make up so many plans in our head, and we, we make things seem busier than they actually might be if we just put it down on paper, and I definitely think the same is true with food. Like We might end a day thinking, we could think anything. We could think we did so well. 
And then when we actually write it down, we're like, oh, like I thought I did well, but actually I like remember I had that second cup of coffee and, you know, and then on another day we could like do so well and not give ourselves credit for it. I agree. You know, and I look, I think beyond that, there's lots of things you can do. I think that staying hydrated is a very, very big part of health and having more energy. So making sure you're drinking water-based beverages throughout the day, you're eating high water content foods. You know, we often um, neglect to eat something raw every day. I, I like the rule of eating or not rule, but like the sort of a, a framework of eating something raw with every meal. And it could be something very small, like a little mini cucumber or a tomato or a little side salad. Um, I think that's a really good strategy, eating something raw. Because when we cook foods, we're ostensibly dehydrating them to varying degrees. The more we cook them, the more water we take out of them, you know? So I think eating something raw with every meal is a really great strategy. And I think eating something fermented at every meal where we're putting probiotic rich foods into our bodies um, for gut health, I think is another great strategy, you know? So I like fermented sauerkraut, maybe just eating a tiny little teaspoon before lunch and dinner is a great strategy to aid your gut health. Um, if, you know, you've got kids that are just simply not going to come at that, you know, opening a probiotic capsule and you can get ones that are specifically geared for children and safe for children. Again, run all of this past your medical practitioner, but um, you can break open the contents of a probiotic capsule into a smoothie and you can't taste it. So that's a great strategy for people that don't want to do sauerkraut. Well, and I love that all of this builds on each other. So I think my last question, and then you can add anything if I've forgotten anything. So a lot of times people in like we're we focus a lot like in my in my programs on planning for all the things and a big part of planning for all the things is planning for your food for your family and a lot of people get tripped up on that particular part which is super interesting to me um and because we're not meant to be having restaurants so right we don't need to like make up a new thing every day is what i'm always telling people but everything that you've been sharing and the idea that one thing builds upon another and that like you know to add cashews and maybe you're too much a cook to know the answer to this but i imagine this comes up for you and your people as well like what do you tell people who are just so overwhelmed by just even like making a plan or knowing what to make or just feel like they always have to open a cookbook yeah. I mean, I, the, where I start with everybody, because um, I mean, I get this a lot. I, I don't even know where to start. I'm so overwhelmed. So I always, if, particularly if people are wanting to make a very big shift, you know, from, from where they are currently at, um, I always start with what are the foods you really love to eat? Mm. Start there. Make a list. Like if you're a family, for example, have every member of the family make a list of the things that they really love right? And then break it down into a, what, well, what do you really love about that? So is it that it's salty? Is it that it's spicy? Is that it just gives you comfort? It gives you joy? Is it it's sweet? Um, is it that you just love the dough? You know, it might be pizza, it might be, you know, whatever things are, right? You know, the usual things that most people love. Then I think that when you start gradually, it leads to long, big, small shifts lead to long-term big changes, right? So what I will then do is go, okay, great. So you all love spaghetti bolognese. All right. So I've got a bolognese recipe that absolutely tastes like conventional spaghetti bolognese, but it's all made with mushrooms and cauliflower and some other things. Right. Um, and I literally made this recipe. I was invited by Google and I had to cook at Google and it was a bunch of men and literally I didn't tell them that it was vegetarian and they all just went, that's the best bolognese I've ever had. What did you put in it? I think I saw a mushroom and I went, well, there is no meat. And they called me a dirty little liar. It was hilarious. (laughs) There are some great things where I will sub in and do, and and gradually we will we will include healthier versions of those things that everybody loves. So I think that's a really, really powerful place to start is to look at what you all love to eat. So if there's a smoothie that you all like or it's different things you like to put in a smoothie, you know, so a lot of mums will say, well, my, my children love to put strawberries in a smoothie. Fantastic. Okay. Let's start there, you know? And then, well, my husband really likes um, beef stroganoff. Fantastic. I've got a recipe. You know what I mean? So I think that's a really good place to start. And then 
ask friends and family. Do you have some websites that you really love? Like, cause you know, you know when we all find websites, it's like every time I make a recipe from that site, it is really good and it works. So I know that person tests their recipes, they're a credible source, their stuff is easy and it really tastes great, right? So the next step I think is finding some resources where you know the stuff is gonna be good and it's in your wheelhouse and in your world. Not everybody, like I'm not everybody's jam. You're not, you know what I mean? We've all got different preferences and things we gravitate towards, right? So finding something or somebody that inspires you or, you know, an arsenal of a handful of people that inspire you, you know, watch Facebook lives, watch Instagram lives, watch YouTube videos, buy some cookbooks, you know, pull a cookbook off the shelf that you knew you made something from last year that was amazing. You know, it doesn't have to be everything. Just start with just just three resources, you know, could even just be one to begin with, you know, and then gradually what happens is just set yourself really manageable goals. So it might be, I'm going to make one new recipe a week. I think that's very manageable. Right. And then gradually what happens, 60 days has passed and you've all of a sudden got 10 new recipes in your life that you didn't have today. Right. And just be gentle or go, Every Sunday, I'm going to cook a few things and we're going to get the family involved and we're going to put on our favorite movie and, or our favorite music or whatever and we're all going to do it and see what we think and maybe make it fun. You know, this is what I did with my own niece and nephew. We did a little contest and they had to rate the recipes, right? And if, the, if the, all four of them didn't rate a recipe and it didn't get three stars or more, didn't make it in the family cookbook, you know? So I think there's all different ways that we can make it fun depending on what the sensibility is of your family, you know? And if you're a single person, you're by yourself living alone, um, find a friend, get an accountability partner, go, hey, I'm going to do this. Do you want to come and cook with me, you know, one day a week or one day a month or something? Let's just do this, you know? And, or find somebody you met at wherever it might be, you know, at your book club or your whatever and go, hey, I'm going to do this. Do you, do you like to cook or do you like to, who do, who do you go to? You know, it's just about reaching out to other people that you don't have to do it all by yourself. You're never going to have all of the answers. Just like I don't have all of the answers in my life. I've got my trusted people. I go to my trusted resources, you know, just kind of, you know, giving yourself the time. Like we have time, you know, to even, it, it's funny, you know, I, I've really been I hope after today, everyone believes we have time. (laughs) Oh oh gosh, I know. But it is this this idea of what, however much time we have left, right? Because nobody knows when your time is up, so to speak. But I think if we just embrace this, this concept of time as, you know, going back to your very first comment about joy, that this minute that you are not, that we're all in right now is going to take 60 seconds to pass, Right. There's nothing we can do about it. That is just a metaphysical reality or whatever the term is. So I can either choose to stay in this moment with all of you right now for these for this minute, or I can be thinking about how I can perfect something from the past or try and dream that I can have a different outcome from yesterday's mistake or whatever, or I can project and start to think about what I could do in my life if I was there a week from now or a month from now. Regardless of how I choose to be with you in this minute, the result and the outcome of being in this minute is exactly the same. But my experience or your experience of the minute is completely different, right? How much joy you feel, how present you are, how full the experience is for you, you know? So I would just close with that, which is when we allow ourselves to embrace everything that we are today, and going, I'm not perfect. There's things that I need to be better. I want to lose weight. I want to have more energy. I don't like the way they look in those jeans, whatever it might be, you know, because we've all got stuff we don't like about ourselves today. I'm just going, but you know what? Today, I'm going to make one choice that's going to help me feel like I can get there tomorrow or I'm going to get there today and tomorrow. And it's not actually going to happen when I get there. The minute you choose to make a better choice no matter how small it is change is happening even in that decision to do it even before you've actually done it right now obviously i'm a gunner i'm a a doer not a gunner we call that in australia we call gunners people i'm gonna do that i'm gonna do this you know and then they don't right so obviously you need to go from a gunner to a doer but the minute you do something you are shifting your energy 
even if you don't want it to shift, it has to shift, right? Because the law of the universe states that when one thing shifts, the other things have to shift, right? So if you just allow things to just shift like this, as opposed to like this, you know, when we have these massive, massive seismic shifts, it can be such a jolt that we actually don't know what to do with that, you know, and that's where we experience grief, you know, grief or trauma, because that's when those huge shifts happen. So I think if you think about massive shifts that happen too quickly and you associate that with trauma and grief, you go, actually, there's a reason why things happen gradually and just embracing that process and embracing the idea that if you embrace the slowness of the progress for want of a better expression, that's where the magic is. That's where you collect the little pieces of data that enable you to pivot and make a slightly different choice or take a slightly different fork in the road where you thought you were going there. But then if you listen to the data you got in the first 30 days, let's go back to the 90 day journey that you're taking everyone on. If I miss the data that I'm getting in these first 30 days and I'm so fixated on day 83, I might actually miss an opportunity to take a slightly different fork in the road, which, which is actually where I might find a bit more magic, you know? So I think that just existing in every day of this 90 day journey and going, I don't, I'm not even going to worry about what happens on day 32. I'm just going to stay in day two today, or I'm going to be in day four or day 35 or whatever it might be. And going, Hmm, I'm just going to listen to what happens today. It's going to listen going to listen to what I'm feeling. I'm going to listen to my body. I'm going to listen to whatever data I'm giving myself, you know, because I think when you do embark on a challenge, it's a gift that you're giving yourself. It's information that you're giving yourself. And yes, it's facilitated by other experts or by a facilitator or whatever it might be. Um, but it is a promise to yourself. So I think that that accountability factor is really powerful, you know, but I think that the big, biggest cheerleader in life that we have is ourselves. You know? Yeah, I totally agree. And I love the part about, well, I don't remember what the Australian phrase is, but I love the part about action because I actually think that that's the biggest obstacle for people is that they're stuck in that it feels hard to even start to make the plan. Um, so, or it feels hard to cook, but, but once you, or it's hard to change your food because you like grandma's brownies or whatever. But the second you start experiencing the other, it just starts to lead to it. Like I was like literally the least likely person who would ever be able to cook. And I very much consider myself a cook now, but it was just because like, it was like one recipe at a time and they really do stay in your head, especially the kind that are plant-based. <laughs> I think they're easier well, I mean, than like the traditional. Anything. <laughs> anything. I mean, I, I, I didn't know that I was a super taster years and years ago. I didn't know that I could throw crazy flavors together. I didn't know that I could cook the way I can cook yeah. now. I'm completely self-taught. Like, yes, I went to cooking classes and yes, I was a voracious learner and yes, I've cooked with incredible people, you know, around the world and restaurateurs and et cetera, but I didn't start that way. Yeah. I started because I was diagnosed with Epstein-Barr virus, went to a naturopath and had to change the way that I ate because I was so tired all the time, you know? So, um, you know, I, and, and I mean, my goodness, I mean, sometimes it just really trips me out, you know, that millions of people around the world make recipes that I created in my little kitchen. I mean, it's crazy, right? So you just don't know where your choices are going to take you. And I think kind of embracing that not knowing. Um, and a, another way of, of thinking about the unknown or the not knowing or whatever, when people say, I don't know where to start, where do you want to start? Yeah. That's what's so great about having a blank canvas and not knowing is it can be anything I want it to be, right? I know that's that that can be very trite and unhelpful for someone who's completely lost, but go back to the 80-20 then or go back to one choice today. We're going to try one vegetable a week, one new vegetable we've never cooked a week. That's another great strategy, right? So, I mean, there's so many different ways. So, again, you know, reach out to someone you trust or someone you've watched a video and gone, that person seems really nice. I mean, that's how really so many people find me besides someone cooking my cauliflower soup at a, at a, at a dinner party. That's the number. <laughs> it's so hilarious, right? Tell everybody about what's below here because I think there's some recipes that they'll want to try, right? Uh, sorry, what's that? What, so below the video is the link to um, sign up. So I think you, you're giving everybody. Oh, yes, 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 yes. 
Yeah, I mean, look, I've got a lot of free cookbooks online, you know, but I think that um, the most popular one right now is the 20 Weight Loss Recipes Cookbook. So that's the one that I've shared with your community because whether you're trying to lose weight or not, if they're just low-carb, grain-free, gluten-free, vegan recipes that have no added sugar. So I think that those can be beneficial for everybody, you know, regardless of what your health goals are. So there's there's smoothies, drinks, juices, salads, soups, main dishes, desserts, you know, there's a chocolate pudding in there, all these things that I've been talking about, you know. So that's there for everyone. They can download that for free. Um, those are some of the most popular recipes in the Skinny 60 community, which is one of one of my communities, um, which is the specific weight loss community. Um, and, and the cooking club is connected to that. So um, awesome. a lot of my community, they go, I just wish I could be in your kitchen and cook with you. And so I said, how can I replicate that experience? And now I have these private video calls where everyone's cooking the same recipe at the same time, kind of like we are. We're all in our kitchens. I'm kind yeah. of in the exact space and we're making the same recipe at the same time. It is so much fun because so people are like, my onions don't look like that. How did you get yours to look like that? Oh gosh, it is so cute. It's so oh, fun. I love that. Well, and, and I have done Tess's detox. I've done her programs and I actually think that if you're, if you're feeling like really stuck and you need, um, you just feel like you need a blueprint. I actually think doing a two to four to whatever week program where somebody like Tess gives you everything that you need to do can be super helpful in just like kickstarting the journey because it takes away some of that guesswork, which you might like, I think a lot of times if the guesswork is what's getting in the way, it's because it's really our mind getting in the way, not that we can't figure out the recipes, but so, it's just sometimes really helpful to lean into that when you're making uh, I mean, look, it's very helpful. That's why the, all of my programs are live. Yeah. So there are, I do have three-day cleanses that are self-guided, but the 14-day um, clean eating program and the six-year, they're all live-guided. So they all happen live. Everyone in the world participates live at the same time. We all get on video calls throughout the week, every week. Um, there's dietitians on staff to support people. I mean, I think that um, a lot of people do need that structure and that support, particularly if it's very new to you. And even if it's not, you know, I have an uh, 85% retention rate. So people well, that they it's come not back. to me, I like teach it. And I love just joining your program just because it like takes the edge off, you know, and it's yeah. like, and you, people will be hearing more about your program because it's the one that I'm going to share. It's so, oh, that's so sweet. So Thank helpful. You. Look, I think that, I think that the biggest, the biggest thing and I think that if I could you know close with anything it would be this that flexibility rather than rigidity are the keys to health and happiness you know and when you embrace this kind of flexible attitude to things it's not about beating ourselves up you know so we, we do have a mantra in my community which is good better or best not perfect Love so it. can you do good today can you do better today or can you do your best today whatever it might be but it's not perfect you know and that's okay even i'm not perfect every day i'm not and so any any day quite frankly but anyway um so i think just being relaxed and accepting everybody where they are at where they are at today you know and then we're not judging anyone we're not beating ourselves up if it's not going to be best today we might just be able to do good today depending on where we're at you know and it's okay. Just keep Thank showing up. You. Thank you so much, Tess. This was amazing. Thank oh, you. Pleasure. Pleasure. All right. So now we're done. And I have another interview in eight minutes. <laughs> but do you want to spend like five minutes if I just ask you about right now and the coronavirus? Okay. All right. Here we go. All right, Tess, I am super excited to dive in for five minutes, five minutes of tips on what we can do right now. So Tess and I just got over, uh, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to start that over again. Tess, <laughs> I am so excited to be here with you today because we have just finished an amazing interview, which I cannot wait to share with everyone who's listening to this now and uh, many more people in May. Um, but since I have you on and we're in the middle of this crazy time being home with our families and being able to maybe grocery shop every week, but a lot of people are grocery shopping every two weeks and we're, it's, I feels like it's like more important than ever to be healthy, but there also feels like some obstacles. Like I think we're on day eight right now and I have more, no more lettuce and I'm a little panicked, <laughs> but so like, what are some of your tips for right now and just being home with the coronavirus and staying really healthy when it's so important too? Yeah. I mean, I think it's four things. I think okay. it's sleep, sleep as much as you possibly can. It is one of the number one ways that we regenerate. 
and we stay healthy and strong uh, and emotionally able to cope with things. So get as much sleep as you possibly can uh, and rest. I think the second thing is nourish your body with as many um, vegetables as you possibly can, regardless of what else you're eating. I know that it can be challenging to find things right now, um, but even if it's something frozen, you know, even if it's that, you know, just nourish yourself with, um, with as many plant foods as possible and stay hydrated. So drink water-based beverages. I think drinking hot tea and hot beverages is a really great thing right now just to soothe your throat. We know that heat, um, this virus does not like heat, right? So not that that is going to prevent you from contracting it or whatever, you know, not going to cure you from it or anything like that. But I think it's a really good strategy. It's also very comforting. But any, any, any um, hydration is great and, and as many raw foods as possible from high water content foods. Um, the third thing is move, move and exercise as much as you can, even if it's standing up and down inside your home, walking from one room to the other or around your house, you know, just staying moving and exercising as much as possible to move, um, stimulate the lymphatic system, aid detox, um, aid your respiratory health, your cardiovascular health, etc. And I think the last thing is connect. Stay connected to the people in your life. If you are living with people, stay connected to them. Um, if you are living alone or even if you aren't, um, join video chats, FaceTime, Skype, whatever your preferred medium is, WhatsApp, whatever it might be around the world, or audio calls, you know, call the people in your life, stay connected to people um, so that you, you still feel bonded with your community. You know, I think we're all feeling displaced because choices we took for granted have now been paused you know, for want of a better expression, but connection comes in all forms, you know, and I think the other part of connection is staying connected to how you're feeling in your own internal story, you know, because we're all going through the full gamut of emotions right now. There's fear, there's anxiety, there's hope, there's um, confusion, you know, there, or, or there's motivation, depending on what day um, you're, you're in, you know, what space you're in. So I think connection is a, is a really big one, you know. I love that. Thank you so much. And it's um, the food part is super interesting right now. And I, right at the beginning of when we like had to stay home, my body was like craving a detox. So I'm doing what I call a Corona detox, which is like such a not perfect situation, but you know, we do the best we can um, in Boston where we can't grow things yet. Um, <laughs> so there are some frozen peas involved, but yeah. fresh veggies. <laughs> At the end of every episode, we always share three doable changes so you can take what you've heard and put it into action. Because as you may have heard me say before, I really do believe that action is where real change comes from. And the good news is action doesn't have to be huge. It can be small, doable changes that add up over time. So what I love to do is pull three from each episode so that you can have a choice, so that you can take one of the three and really lean into it for a week and fit it into your schedule and play with it and make it work in your life so you can really make it your own. And I find that when I do this one doable change at a time each week, they start to stack and the ones that are really going to stick, stick. And the ones that I tried and gave it my all and aren't going to stick, that might be okay. Maybe I try them again later. Maybe I've just figured out that's not my change. And by the end of a year, I have new habits and just things that I do on a regular basis that I never would have done if I tried them all at once. So here are the three from Tess's interview. Number one, notice how you feel. Start noticing how different foods make you feel. And this is important, write it down. Do you feel tired or bloated after eating something? Start to really notice. Do you feel regret or comfort? What do you crave? Start paying attention and noticing. This is all data that can help you shift to healthier eating. And one of the reasons that we don't shift into healthier eatings is because we don't take the time to notice these things. It makes a big difference. So I love that doable change. Number two, change the composition of your plate. Tess suggests, suggests using the 80-20 rule. That means 80% of your plate should be non-starchy vegetables and 20% of your plate should be a mix of starch and animal or plant protein. If that feels like a huge switch, maybe your plate is currently reversed, let's say, 
then try shifting closer to like 50-50 to begin with. And try experimenting with different vegetables that fit into that part of your plate so you can really make this change your own. I love that one too. By the way, I only want you to choose one at a time, but you could stack these over the course of a couple weeks. Number three, focus on hydration. Drink more water-based beverages throughout the day. Pack a water bottle when you go out, for example, or bring a container of water to your desk so that you have it all day while you're working and track how much you're drinking. If you want a snack, try to have a drink first. Think about ways to make water more appealing. Maybe you put it in a glass you love. Maybe you add fruit or herbs to the water. And don't forget about high water content foods. Tess reminds us of those. And include them in each meal because those count toward your hydration goal. Oh my gosh, I can't tell you how many times my weekly doable change has been a focus on hydration. It's something that I have to revisit a couple times a year, let's say. So some of these things do take practice. And for me, hydration is definitely one of them. All right. Those are the three doable changes from this episode. And remember, if you loved what Tess said, you can totally try it out and rock the rest of 2020, get healthier, really use this time to get healthier instead of unhealthier, which I know many of us did a little unintentionally at the beginning of being staying at home. And if you really want the support to let go of bad habits and to let go of some weight, I hugely recommend joining me and Tess in her Skinny 60 program, which starts real soon next week. So you can just go to plansimple.com slash skinny 60. And remember, if you sign up through that link, I will know that you signed up through that link and we will have some planning strategy sessions that will go along with Tess's program, which I'm super excited about. All right. I will see you all on the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Plan Simple podcast. If you loved what you heard, the biggest compliment you can give is to share the podcast with a friend. And if you really loved what you heard, if you want to go onto iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review. That really helps us get the best guests we can and improve the podcast so that we're serving up exactly what you want to hear. I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast.